I enjoy meeting people, talking to people, learning about their lives, learning about their inspirations and their motivations, and that often uh, motivates and inspires me. And this is what this podcast is all about. It's me talking to real people about their real stories. So I'm an Ekpore. Welcome to Nettie's Conversations and please join me on this journey to feeling motivated and inspired by real people. Hello everyone, welcome back. It's been a while since we've had um, a last uh, episode of Conversations with Nettie, but I've got a really good episode coming up today. Uh, with uh, someone who I call a friend um, and I won't, I'm not going to reveal how else I know her but she's been very useful to me late, lately, that'll come up later and we're just going to talk about her journey and um, it's quite a journey that she's been through over the last two years so I am going to now um, hand over, well I'm, first of all I'm going to say hello to Michelle. Hello. Welcome to Conversations with Nettie. So I think we're going to start with just over two years ago. Um, what were you doing? Where were you working? I was a school business manager mm-hmm. in a primary school. Uh, I'd been doing that for roughly about 15 years. Um, always worked in offices. Um, and I'd kind of got into the school working in a school when I had my children mm-hmm. so that I could work term time really so and so confusing. what kind of things were you doing in that role everything it involved so much anything that wasn't teaching and learning as uh, school business manager does um so school finances school personnel uh, anything to do with hr uh, the building the fabric of the building all that kind of thing fell on the desk of the school business manager. So quite a busy, stressful job. Though. Very stressful, yes. Yeah. And at first, I absolutely loved it. I loved the challenge mm-hmm. um, that it presented. I loved going into work and um, I felt like I was really doing something that was important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were in quite a deprived area uh, of Salford and I think I just felt that um, any any sort of funding that I could get for the school that went to the, those children was important. So you were quite passionate about what you were Very doing Very passionate then. about it, yeah. And was it term time? Were you there outside of term time? Um, only for a week. Um, I just had to do a week during the school holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the time was during term time. Yeah. But it, I'm I'm guessing that during term time it was probably very long hours, was it? Um, I was contracted to do, uh, sort of from eight thirty in the morning until about four o'clock. But sometimes that did go on a little bit. That's longer. what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. if there's if there's a problem at the so if there, so say yeah, there was a yeah, problem at the school, to stay a bit you're longer. the one that they get yeah. call. Yeah. Right, and okay. and as time went on, um, phone calls during school holidays when I wasn't expected to be working. Yeah felt you know my phone was ringing and yeah. things like that yeah so let's kind of get to what happened then just over a couple of years ago let's set the scene for everyone um in the 
family side. In the family yeah. side of things. So basically, there's a trigger that, that, that yeah. caused a change. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 16th of September 2017 it was. So that um, is just gone two years ago then, really. Yeah, just. Um, and it was a Saturday. And I got a very rushed phone call from my mum saying, your dad's fallen off the roof. Gosh. Um, can you come round straight away? And I jumped in my car. I was only five minutes away anyway, where I live. Um, and found my dad in the neighbour's driveway on the floor. Uh, and to cut a long story short, he um, had a very bad spinal injury, uh, complete spinal sever, uh, spinal cord sever. Um, and uh, he was six weeks in Salford Royal Hospital. And then, uh, so that was the September he had the accident and it was February the following year before he actually came out of Southport Hospital. Good Lord. So he was in the spinal injuries centre there. Just to kind of go back, um, so what was, so was your dad on his, uh, this was at his own house? Yes, yeah, his what, own house. So what, what was he, was he doing? He was fixing ridge tiles on the roof. Okay. Um, he was sixty-five at the time. So he's just. He, so was he? Was he working or was he already retired? Uh, he was semi-retired. Okay, and what was he his was still job? paying his taxes and things like that? Um, he was uh, a an engineer, a uh, printed engineer, had been for most of his working life, um, and had been made redundant some years before, and decided to set up his own little business doing exactly the same thing with some um, customers that he still had from when he was working. Um, and he used to go out and fix pr- these great big printing machines, you know, but he used to have in newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, you can imagine the big, big printing yeah. machines. Um, so he was semi-retired. He wasn't working every day, but he was still, he was a very active man. He used to ride his bike, he used to walk all over the place. Um, I used to uh, drive to my sister's who lived in who lives in Liverpool. Used to drive to her house virtually every day and help her with her young children, mm. pick them up from school, things like that. Okay, all of those. So he was fixing the ridge tiles. Then. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so just something that he'd have not have done before. He's, he he he. He won't mind me saying he doesn't like to pay. Anybody, he's not on his own job that he can do himself, yeah. Um, and even though we used to say, Look, you're getting a little bit too old to be climbing up onto roofs and things like that, um, he wouldn't listen to a word we said and would try and fix everything himself. So, on this particular day, he was fixing some ridge tiles on the roof and uh, the ladder collapsed and he fell. From the roof. So he was actually on he was the on ladder. ladder. Oh, Lord. And he landed on the fence <gasps> between him and the neighbour's driveway and then into the neighbour's driveway. And it's only very, very lucky that the neighbour had just come home from work and was in the kitchen and heard the bang of the, the fence panels and ran outside and saw my dad on the ground um, because my mum had no idea until the neighbour knocked on the door to tell her that he'd fallen. And is it one of those, I mean, I, I, if, if any of this is hard for you, just let me know. I was just going to say, is it one of those where an inch different, it, it could have been even, you know, he could have It could have head. been even worse, yeah. yeah. He could have broken his neck, he could have 
he could have died yeah, yeah basically yeah so yeah so taking yourself back to the day, that day mm. then. So just remind me again, where were you when you got your phone call? I was at home. You were at home. Yeah. So, and how far did you have to drive? Oh, five minutes. Okay. Literally five minutes. Really, really easy to get to my mum and dad's house um, at the time because they just lived in Winton and Swinton. So it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, just, I'm just imagining, were you just in autopilot? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had no idea no, no. what to expect. The funny, the thing is, I've had, you know, my dad's fallen from things before and you kind of, he's always been, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'll be, you know, it's just a sprained ankle or whatever. Uh, so I half expected um, him just to have broken his leg or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only when I pulled up outside the neighbour's house um and some there were other neighbors in the street who had obviously come out to find out what was going on and a man said to me it's really bad mm-hmm. um because i'm getting a first aid kit out of the boot of my car at this point to get bandages to you know brace any kind of broken limbs mm-hmm. or anything like that until the ambulance got there um so i didn't really expect it to be as bad as it was when i arrived and then how long between then did he find out that he's, he's, he's lost the use of his legs? Well, he, he knew straight away. He was lying there saying he couldn't feel his legs. Okay. And it was only because of that that I knew that something seriously bad had happened with his back. Um, and we knew not to move him. Um, despite the pain he was in, you know, um, we knew not to to moving about too much but it was 40 minutes waiting for an ambulance to arrive um because he was conscious he was speaking he wasn't there was no immediate threat to his life yeah so that's why it took so long um it was actually only when he started to have a few breathing difficulties and i phoned the ambulance back and said he's struggling to breathe because he actually had punctured his lung at that point um with uh, a few broken ribs and things like that, that they actually then said, we're going to try and get an, a helicopter oh, out, okay. out to him. There was nowhere for the helicopter to land, so then a doctor actually arrived and prescribed him, you know, uh, morphine and things like that, and then they got him in the ambulance and straight to A&E. Oh, gosh. Um, so that's... So then that kind of... So... So did you say he was in hospital for... Six weeks at Salford Royal. Yeah. Um, and then they moved him to the spinal injury unit at Southport, which is where the North West Spinal Injury uh, Gosh, care an hour's is. journey away then. Yeah, yeah. And Southport's such a <laughs> difficult place to get to as well because you think it's not that far away, but no. actually you have to drive through Ormskirk and all the yes. other places to get to. It's not it's easy, is it? No, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when he was at Salford Royal, I was able to visit him virtually every night. And then that went down to once a week, um, when he, he got to Southport because of work, I could only go at the weekend. Cause what time of year was it that it happened? It was September. So you would be, so you were back at school when this happened? Yeah, just. And, yeah. uh, it happened on the Saturday. We had a meeting with the consultants at the hospital on the Monday and then on the Tuesday I went back in work. And I never had another 
day off. Right. <laughs> so what's so so your dad's going through all of this. Yes. So what's happening to you? What what what's noticeably is happening to you? Um, I was coping very well with it. Right. Okay. Um. Or so you thought. So I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was very much, uh, right, this needs to be done, that needs to be done, and then I've got to get back to work and I've got to do this, you know, and, oh, and we need to have this meeting with a consultant and we need to find out what's happening about this. And, you know, so... And are you us, quite, quite an organised person? I'm guessing with your job you probably yeah. are quite organised. I like to think I am, yeah. Um, and I think i do cope very well in a, in an emergency and mm. you know i kind of think very clearly yeah. when something is happening like mm. that um and don't get me wrong i cried when mm. when it all happened um i cried when i got to work the first day i got in people were asking me how i was and i had to cry and i thought that's all very healthy mm. to be doing that mm. um but then, you know, people were sort of then sort of saying, do you need any time off or anything like that? And I was, no, no, just need to get on with things, just need to get busy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that was my way of coping with it. Mm. And even though I was rushing out to uh, consultancy meetings, because my, the place where I worked was just around the corner from the hospital where he was, um, I was nipping out and then going straight back to work afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So, and the, and the thing is, all focus, I'm guessing, understandably, is on your dad first, mm-hmm. and then on your mum. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. even though people around, you know, so I think when, I can't remember how long afterwards I, I bumped into you, and you told me, and then obviously friends of yours focus on you, oh gosh, how are you? Mm-hmm. Um but but no one would say to you, oh, maybe you need to go and speak to the doctor or anything like that. You wouldn't necessarily think no. anything's going on with you. And actually, if anybody had suggested it at the time, I would have said, no, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying that a lot. I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. It's, you know. And did anyone close to you, um, husband, children, anything, notice any difference with you? Um, probably... A little bit, yeah. They probably because I was more focused on the family and my dad, what was happening to my dad when I was at home than I was mm. at work or with friends. Mm. Um, but nothing to be concerned about, really. No, no, no. So that it's this is it. It is so invisible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So then, then what happened? Um, so how far down the road when things started to? I'm assuming things started to impact you. Yeah. Um, and I didn't notice it at first. Um, it just seemed to um, all happen at once. But they, only in hindsight do I actually look back and think, actually, there were signs. Mm. But I hadn't noticed them at the time, mm. so I was getting more irritable. Yeah. Um, I, was, I wasn't coping with stress mm. the way that I used to. Um, so stress at work was getting to me a little bit more um i i before all this had kind of stopped enjoying the job as much as mm. as i had done previously anyway but even more so i wasn't enjoying going to work i wasn't enjoying work at all um just little things were irritating me mm. <laughs> you know and things that 
that weren't normal behaviour, so things that wouldn't normally have irritated you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just things that other people were doing that shouldn't even bother me whatsoever, mm. and probably didn't bother me before, mm. was really, really irritating me to yeah. the point that I was feeling like I would have to do something about it. You know, really, yeah. <laughs> Um, Thank goodness. I'd have to Hopefully say I didn't irritate or, you. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it, it was ridiculous. But it's only in hindsight when I look back that I think, well, yeah, that behaviour was odd for me. But it, and it's funny, isn't it, how the mundane or the, the kind of the normal things um, which you normally wouldn't notice when you're in that that time of heightened anxiety or stress. reasonable. I was, I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in your head, that, that's you being logical and reasonable and yeah. what's wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. So there were that, was that how was your sleep? I've always been quite a good sleeper. Have you? So that, mm. that was okay. So you were yeah, able to sleep. Yeah. Um, and it was only about November time that I, um, November last year that I started to think I'm really not happy at work and I need to do something about this yeah um, and I, I tried to speak to people at work and I won't go into detail too much but no. it just wasn't very supportive yeah I didn't feel supported yeah. um, and the culmination was I ended up leaving work and going off. Um, the doctor signed me off sick uh, with stress. And um, it had developed into having full-blown panic attacks. Okay, so and, and what... And that, have you ever had a panic attack Never. before? And, and the first time I had a panic attack was after I'd had a, a meeting at work that hadn't gone well. And um, I thought I was having a heart attack. Right. I've heard people describe it like that before. And so yeah. you were struggling to breathe. Yeah. 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 Um, and I actually, thankfully, recognised that I was having a panic attack. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's only because I've done first aid for years and years and years and knew what a panic attack looked like. And what to do in the event of it and try and slow your breathing down. That's still quite amazing though, Michelle, because the, yeah. the fact that you had that realisation... Yeah, um, well, I is... knew I wasn't having a heart attack yeah. because I'm a perfectly fit and healthy person. Uh, but, I mean, good on you for being able to realise um, that. It was, yeah, it was just... So you did the counting with the breathing. Yeah, uh, oh, just couldn't breathe. My chest was hurting me. Um, and I just knew I needed to try and calm myself down. And I, I, I left work, sat in my car and calmed myself. And it was then that I, went, I left and went to the doctors and said, look, I'm not, I'm not coping. Yeah. And it that the, the panic attacks continued for a good month or so. So how frequently were you getting them? It was um, a bit hit and miss, really. It tended to be if I was in a crowded place. So that was your trigger? Around other people, yeah. So other people that you didn't know or could be other people that you could go to a party or something? people that I didn't know. That you didn't know? Yeah. Um, so even when I was in the doctor's surgery once, sat in the waiting room. Right. I started to feel as if I was getting a panic attack coming on. Does it um, kind of feel claustrophobic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really. And, and you feel like everybody is looking at me. 
So say going to somewhere like the Trafford Centre, that would yeah. bring it on. Yeah. Um, if uh, one one evening I went to the White Horse pub. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right, our local pub. It is. It's just it's the local pub that I've always been in, always gone in, always felt very comfortable in. And I was there with my husband and two of my closest friends and felt very, very uncomfortable. Mm. Really uncomfortable. And was constantly looking at the door, waiting for somebody to walk in through it that I didn't want to see or um, trying not to make contact eye contact with anybody. And in the end, I ended up having to, to go early. So did this kind of render you almost housebound or wanting to be housebound or did you want to be in the house more than go out no more than anything i went out on my own a lot okay um walking the dog yes yeah and um that dog has never been walked (laughs) so much when i was ill that month because literally every day we were out for hours just walking and walking and that was my happy place yeah. That was, um, you know, and that was, I think, my therapy. And I started calling my dog my therapy dog. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's brilliant. I, I mean, I, obviously, I've, I've got um, a dog now. We'll, we'll go on to that. Um, and I, I totally agree. As much as he can annoy me because he's a young dog, he, the fact that I have this little creature welcoming me when I get home from a hard day at work mm. and then I take him for a walk. I mean, the huge difference it can make. And that's me not going through all the stuff that you've gone through. So so we're, you're, you're in the situation, you've been having panic attacks, did you say, for about a month? Mm. Um, and, and, but you're, you're signed off sick from work, so then what happened? Um, so Christmas was coming up and my husband, who's so supportive... He just said, I don't want you to make any decisions about when or if you're going to go back to work. Mm. Let's get Christmas out of the way first. And it was just before Christmas. Um, and I just had a throwaway comment, really, to my husband and said, you know, I could just walk dogs for the rest of my life. I'd mm-hmm. be so happy. <laughs> um, that's my therapy at the moment. Um and he, he sort of said, you could be onto something there. And that got me thinking then, thinking, hmm, okay, yeah. yeah, maybe there is something else. And um, before Christmas had, you know, sort of really started off, I was already looking online for how to set up your own pet sitting and dog walking business. Right. And doing various research on what you would need to do that and um, things like that. And signed, I signed up on, uh, for an online course with uh, the UK Rural Skills Agency. Um, and just thought, well, even if I decide not to do this and I decide to go back to work in the new year, you know, it's keeping me occupied mm. while I'm off work and keeping me busy. And can I just ask, when you started to look for that, did your panic attacks subside? Yes, okay. straight away I started to, I had a focus, Mm -hmm. um, I had something to keep me busy and... And did you feel excited? I did, yeah. yeah, and Christmas came and went and I was due to go back to work straight away in the new year 
Um, and straight away, the panic attacks started again, just a little bit. Yeah. Not as bad as they were. Um, it was just the idea of, of going back to work. Mm. Um, so I went back to the doctors again. Uh, he signed me off for another four weeks. And in that four weeks, I threw everything into, right, I'm going to set up uh, a business of my own. And I handed in my notice on the 15th of January. Yeah. And then when was your business up and running? Um, I started advertising in the January. Yeah. Uh, as soon as my notice went in to work. <laughs> and what's your business called? Strictly Pause. And uh, this is where I'm going to slightly pause, no pun intended, <laughs> to um, for you to explain where the word strictly comes from. <laughs> Because we're both a little bit obsessed with this. Oh, I absolutely love that programme. <laughs> and it had just finished and I felt like it was all You were bereft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I know that feeling. Yeah. I am on a high at the moment because Strictly yeah, Come Dancing just, just started. Yeah, and I am, honestly, I could have a support group for when it finishes. So when you told me that your, your company was called Strictly Pause, every time I see your branding, it makes me smile. Yeah. Yeah. So, and... Just so I'll just kind of put a little bit of an explanation here in that I I kind of believe for you know some people all believe it's all kind of magical what I'm about to say but I sometimes think things happen for a reason forces all mm. come together yeah. I was getting a dog <laughs> knew nothing about getting a dog I'd kind of fallen into the situation um, and this isn't about how I got a dog but all of it but I was I had a friend who was going to look after the do- um, dog um, Bobby who he's become for a couple of days and I bumped into Michelle and I um, and I knew Michelle had a dog so I asked I think I can't remember if I text and said do you know of any dog walkers? <laughs> Not knowing yeah. this was, and this must have been January. This must have been January. Yeah. Not knowing of the situation you were in. And that's when you said, well, actually, yeah. when are you freaky getting your dog? Freaky coincidence. It was so freaky. Because <laughs> I got um, Bobby um, in the February. And then it wasn't long after I had him when, you know, I brought you in as a, a yeah, I was my dog doing walk. little visits, wasn't and I? It's, oh, it's just been amazing. It's, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I would have, you know, had a recommended um, dog walker and found a dog walker, but to have someone who's a friend um, doing it, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not paying mates rates or anything, but it's yeah. a, a friend and it's, it's, a, it's a business setup between us when it comes to dog walking, but you have that trust between you yeah. and it's great. Yeah. Anyway, so to go back, to strictly pause, you very quickly bought a van, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Which was fantastic. Well, that, again, that was something that happened. Just happened. Um, my husband's car. Um, I was on on a dog walk with my dog, doing one of our therapeutic walks around. Can we give the name of your dog? Because I love your he's, dog's he's name. He's called Dennis. Dennis. Okay. My little therapeutic Dennis. Um, and we were having a little wander around Clifton Marina when my husband's car just decided to give up the ghost on me and it was going to cost too much to fix and at this point I just said right it's time to get a van yeah (laughs) let's get a van that I can put dogs in and brand it straight away (laughs) yeah so I went straight away and had a look for some vans found one that was perfect and um, my sister 
is absolutely brilliant at um, marketing and that's what she does Mm -hmm. and so I gave her the name of my company and said right create me a logo Mm -hmm. so she did all my logos and branding and everything it's brilliant Um, and uh, that was it I went and got my my van all marked up I went and got t-shirts to wear while I'm walking and I get so much business oh yeah well so let's people see in the van and seeing me walking dogs with my logo on my t-shirt so let's um so you so you started was it by the end of January did you say yeah and um that was this year just to clarify to everyone listening yeah. this year this year um so how far are we on about eight months is that yeah now? yeah um so how quickly did you start to see um the demand increasing and thinking that this is it um by March I had. A, a good amount of uh, customers because it's not Regulars. just dogs is it just for people to know no it's not just dogs it's anything with paws yeah <laughs> and what's your <laughs> what's your strangest animal with paws ferrets a ferret <laughs> and what do you take those for walks um not the ferret that i looked after oh. uh, she, she didn't like to go out but um you can do yeah you oh. can take them for walks so i'm guessing that you are an animal lover anyway not just yes. dogs yeah, and and we did while I was younger. We briefly did have a ferret. Okay, <laughs> that's brilliant. So um, so you now so you, a totally different job, an outdoors job, and I often get pictures, and this will be outdoors in every element of British weather. Yeah. Um, I think Bobby was gorgeously soaked with you the other day. Yeah. So how long? How did you start start to feel, and how long did it take to to feel like a totally different person? Um, I think pretty much straight away. I mean, you're outdoors, you're with these gorgeous animals that are just adorable. Um, and you can't help but feel good. No. No. I can, and and the business is doing well as well. So it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's really taken off. Um, I'm busy every day. Um, yeah, I love it. And so many people who have who have bumped into since leaving the school. Um, a couple of members of staff who I used to work with have seen me and said, "You look absolutely oh, fantastic. Yeah. You, you know, you look so good." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I would. I mean, I would say, obviously, they're so. I mean, I've known you. Um, I don't think we said how we knew each other. We, we knew each other because we we met through um primary school, being um, mums yes. at, at school. Yeah. Um, back when our children were in nursery. Back when our children were in nursery, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we've known each other quite a few years, and it's it's kind, of, and also we've been in the early years we went camping together. That's a yeah. whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> but that was but the, we love the outdoors. We do love the outdoors. <laughs> but there have been times. So normally when we see each other, it will be down them at the local shop, and so I've I've seen you through the various. So the the time before your dad, um, uh, uh, fell off the roof and. So in kind of yeah, what we call normal um, phases when we're probably all a little bit stressed with our children going through GCSEs oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, times when you and your husband were at my 40th birthday party and a little bit merry because Manchester <laughs> City had just won because yeah. you're Man City supporters, just like my dad. <laughs> so he loved that. But I also did um, see you that time, not not long after, and I think you were raising money for your dad to get a scooter or something. Yeah. So, yeah. so before you decided to um, change your business, and I have to say, the person that I saw then 
to the person that I even saw when you were coming around um, looking after Bobby. It, it's almost like someone had that phrase, a weight's been lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. It, you were lighter, I think. You yeah. were just walking around with this lightness. So. Oh, that's nice. But it's and it must be. I mean, it must be great for those around you as well. Yeah. To see yeah. that. And how's how's your dad doing now? Brilliant. Uh, we did have to move move the house. We the house that we grew up in, um, where the accident happened. Uh, couldn't be adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a wrench as well. That was back in July last year. That was before I'd finished work. That was something mm, else that we'd had to do. Um, it was in the six week holidays actually um, and they've moved up to St Helens now so uh, they're right in between me and my sister because she's in Liverpool and I'm here oh brilliant so they're right smack bang in the middle yeah. so it's about a half an hour for both of us to just get there oh, which, is, which is nice and then they're in the bungalow um, which we've adapted and um, now has a wet room and um, he's, he's currently building himself some ramps to get in and out of the house because okay. he's back to the DIY again. Personality not changed. That. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's no. what I like. Still no. a problem. Still doesn't want to pay. No, he still doesn't <laughs> want to pay anybody to do anything. If he can do it himself, he will do. As um, long as he's not got a hoist to get himself up on the roof. It's brilliant to see um, him back to his, his usual self like that he's making sure that he can do as much as possible himself. and how resilient is that that's just, that really is amazing and tantamount to, to who he is and i'm guessing who your mum is as well that they've yeah. just and also yeah. you guys as well so yeah. i just think mum has coped absolutely unbelievably you know with it with it all um i mean especially the house move as well she she really Nobody would have chosen for them to move out of the house because mm. they love that house. But um, they've settled in so well and, and made this new house the home, you know. Um, and, you know, he's, he's even going back to... He, he The big landmark thing that happened recently was that my dad managed to get himself on a train to Liverpool with his new scooter that we'd raised money mm. for. Um and got himself across Liverpool to my sister's house and knocked on her front door. And surprised and her? Surprised oh, her. my goodness me. Yeah. Oh, So he'd got there Well, I'm himself. guessing she was in floods of tears, was she, when that happened? I or... think she was just amazed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. well, that is just incredible. And that's not, and, and not me patronising no. your dad. Oh, no, and, um, then, and then actually went with her to collect the kids from school, which yeah. was something that he'd not been able to do. Well, well and the, the, the thing that's, that's quite amazing as well... There's a, there's a lot of people who would even struggle doing that, you know, yeah. with two legs walking. Um, yeah. Oh, I've got to get from A to B. How am I going to get the train? What am I going to yeah. do? Oh, yeah. The fact that he's done it and he's he's kind of got the situation. I don't know what the trains are like for the mobility scooters <laughs> or I'm sure it's not <laughs> well, for the stories not, I've read. Well, for mobility scooters. He has, to, he has to actually detach that from his wheelchair Yeah. when he gets on the train. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of get getting where maybe you get some of your determination from. Is this some of this from your dad then? And, and your mom? Possibly, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I just think it's a really really inspirational story. Um, it's it's inspired me because we're all we're all afraid of uncertainty. Yeah. Afraid of adversity. There's so much going on, sort of like um negatively in the world. But it's stories like yours 
that give me hope to think, well, if something does happen, mm. I'm going to take inspiration from people like you to yeah. know that things can get better. Yes. I'd like to sort of think that um, out of something that's really bad that's happened, something good has happened to, to me, yeah. you know, and, and to my dad as well. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's some of the good things can come from such bad, bad yeah. things. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know whether I would have realised that um, I didn't want to be in that job anymore. You know, so if it hadn't have been, even though obviously, if you you know you don't you don't want to say oh, um, if I could change something, I I I'm I'd still have my dad's accent. I know you're not saying oh, that, no, no, but no. No. it it's the it's the fact that as a result of that, it's you are in the best possible job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if 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 you were talking to someone who was facing a big change, doesn't have to be for a similar reason. Is there a piece piece of advice that you could? give to them um just anything that that you've learned on the way um because it it can't have been easy yeah I think keeping an eye on how you are feeling is Mm. more than anything you know acknowledge that what's happened has happened yeah um but really do sort of keep an eye on how you are coping because uh, I thought I was absolutely fine. Do you know what? And I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. And there's, there's a lot um, being spoken about this. Some people refer it to self-love, self-care, in that we often put everybody else first. Mm, yeah. We put ourselves to the back of the queue. Mm-hmm. But in order to care for other people, yeah. you've got to care for yourself first. I think first. You, you tend to sort of think, as long as everybody else is okay, I'll be okay. Yeah. But, but and that's not. not the case. No, definitely no. not. And then just a light-hearted question, really. If you had a feel-good song, something that kind of makes you smile or gives you a spring in your step, <laughs> what's your go-to song? Um, anything by the Foo Fighters. Oh, okay. Absolutely love the Foo Fighters. Went to see them in concert recently oh. for the second time. Um, hey Ya by Outkast. Oh, right. Well, if my daughter's listening to this, she will love that. I, that's... I always do. guaranteed to get me up and dance yeah. and smile and yeah. sing along at the top of my voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like a bit of hey ya. Um, but if there was a song that made me think of um, cosy sort of childhood, because my dad was a big Beatles fan. Oh yeah, he, he is a big Beatles is a big, big fan. Beatles fan. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens, obviously, that today is the uh, 50th anniversary of the release of the Abbey Road album. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that, but thank you. Um, and um, Here Comes the Sun. Oh, God. It's just one I of love those songs that. that always makes me smile. Yes. Yeah. And makes me feel all warm and cosy and fluffy inside. <laughs> well, funnily enough, just a little bit of an anecdote for me on that one. Um, I had to have um elective cesarean when I had my daughter, so um we did a playlist, um and the 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 doctors and nurses seemed to be talking more about the playlist than what was going on in my stomach, <laughs> but as as we were getting close to delivering what has become my daughter, um here comes the sun came on. Now we didn't know what sex it was, so they're all going. Wouldn't it be funny if it was a boy? <laughs> it wasn't. It was a girl. So <laughs> there goes that anecdote. Um, anyway, that has been absolutely brilliant. Before we finish, um, I will add this to the um, episode notes, but can you tell people who are listening where they can find you? I know you're very busy and you've got a big waiting list probably, but where can they find you? I'm on Facebook, 
um, as Strictly Paws, and I'm on Instagram as well. As yeah. I think it's Strictly underscore Paws. Okay. On, on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, I'll put them in the um, notes. Tried the whole Twitter thing and didn't really get on with it. Yeah, well, if, I think if you're getting enough, yeah, <laughs> Twitter's hard with all the character, the amount, the amount of characters. I think it can, yeah, it's not easy to. But but I um, think if you've got your, if you're getting the demand from what you got yeah. from your social media at the moment, I've also got a website as well, which is www.strictlypause.co.uk, which I built myself. Oh my goodness! Oh, no. you get you. To do that. <laughs> oh, wow. all these skills you've got, and I know from talking to you as well, which I will add on to the episode notes as well, um, that your sister wrote a blog, a guest blog, yes. about your dad. Yeah, that's right, North isn't it? West Spinal Injuries Association. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that'll be use- useful if anyone wants to read more on the story. I'll I'll add that to the episode notes as well. So all I want to say is thank you so much for okay. being on Conversations with Nettie. Um, and if anyone wants to um, find out more about Conversations with Nettie, I'm also on Instagram, and um, I think that's Coms with Nettie, Facebook, Conversations with Nettie, and Twitter as well, um, Coms with Nettie. So um, have a look. But thanks everyone for listening. Can I just say one more thing? Of course Very you can. briefly. Happy birthday to my dad. It's his birthday tomorrow. <gasps> no way. <laughs> Thank goodness you said it. That would have been, oh, I'd have been so upset. What, what's your dad's name? It's Rick. Happy birthday, Rick. And thank you for um, for you allowing your daughter. I know she, you, didn't, you didn't necessarily have to allow, but giving your daughter um, your blessing to be on the podcast, that means a lot. So happy birthday and have a great day. <laughs> Gin, I'm assuming. Uh, whiskey, probably. Whiskey, right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you, everyone, and I will be back soon.